HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Meet and 3, Heritage Radio Network's weekly food news roundup. I'm HRN's membership coordinator, Hannah Forden. We're on season break, but we wanted to bring you a special snack-sized episode this week. It's back to school season, so we're revisiting a topic from our episode on youth. In episode 9 of our first season, HRN intern Mary McCartney and her mom explained how much home economics curriculums around the country are in need of an update. This week, we visited a summer camp and after-school program in Brooklyn that's putting a unique spin on the concept of home ec. 7th Avenue in Brooklyn's Park Slope neighborhood is teeming with kids on scooters and adults in stylish outfits popping in and out of artisanal coffee shops. It's arguably one of the most desirable neighborhoods in the city to raise a family. Heading south on 7th Avenue after passing what looks like a board game-focused summer camp in a street-level storefront, you get to the Dynamite Shop. At first glance, it could be mistaken for another trendy coffee joint. There's a sliding window where you can order your morning latte from a barista. But once you go inside, you're hit with a wall of joyful noise. 20 or so adolescents sporting red aprons are preparing to get cooking. All right, so I am so excited to introduce to you our friend, Mercedes Goli, who has just come back from vacation special to come and teach you guys how to make your The walls of the dynamite shop are lined with cookbooks and colorful Le Creuset pots and pans. The back part of the space is the classroom. Five butcher block tables equipped with induction burners face the teaching kitchen. Each week, campers meet chefs from around the globe and learn to prepare a dish. Today, Mercedes Golip is making naturally dyed rainbow arepas. So I'm originally from Venezuela. Arepas uh, are origi- originally from Colombia and Venezuela. We both uh, share the tradition to make arepas. This is an indigenous bread. Um, this is a pre-Hispanic tradition um, that has kept going um, from generation to generation. We have kept it alive. The Dynamite Shop is a concept created by two celebrated food writers, Dana Bowen and Sarah Kate Gillingham. 
we both are our parents, moms. My son is 13. My daughter's 11. Stepping away from the world of food media, Dana and Sarah Kate were eager to get their hands dirty and share their skills and passion for food with a new generation. Sarah Kate is a James Beard Award winner and started Apartment Therapy's popular offshoot, The Kitchen. This area of working with children is not um, untouched at all by any means, but it is the way we wanted to do it doesn't seem to be um, be done, which is in kind of a hip, fresh way that isn't based on competitive food TV and isn't based on um, sugar birthday parties, uh, but that's more about empowering kids around their own identity through food, around community, how we connect around the table. Dana Bowen has been executive editor at culinary publications like Food and Wine and Savor for the last decade. But right now, she's expertly wrangling tweens. So yesterday, we made tortillas with, ma- um, with masa, uh-huh. and we were making um, Mexican style. And so can you talk a little bit about the different type of corn? Yes. Uh, well, the corns, uh, the difference is going to be that uh, it's depending on the origin. Uh, and we all grow different types of corn. Um, for the arepas, we use a white corn and yellow corn. Salvadorians also, it's something similar. It's called pupusas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> After a brief lesson on the origins of arepas, it's time for the campers to sink their fingers into some masa. Yeah, it, looks it smells like, like cream potatoes. of wheat. It smells like cream of wheat. And I kind of really don't want to taste it at the way it smells right now. Then you're going to take a little bowl, like pretty much the size of your hand. That's a good measurement. You shake that into a bowl. And then with your two hands, with your palms, you flatten it like a, like a little hamburger pie. I might do like a, like a heart. I'm doing it has like different layers, like a smaller heart in it and then a smaller one on top until I flatten it down. Perfect. One or eight. The kids are getting hands-on experience, making a meal, and working together. We sort of think of ourselves as Home Ec 2.0, which means the way to survive as an adult. We've lost those, those skills. Something that we really focus on is teaching them to think like a cook, so to think improvisationally. Stepping away from arepa making for a water break, I ask a camper named Nate if he's going to try any of the recipes he's learned this week at home. Well, I'm probably just going to try to remember, like, the salsa and guacamole because it's, I'm not good at remembering recipes, like, long, long recipes with ingredients. But I'm like, salsa's okay because you just need to remember, like, the name of the chili pepper and, like, the other fruits that make it citrus and stuff, so. And does this young cook have a favorite recipe? Well, I don't really have one, but my favorite thing to make is probably a jelly roll. Um, uh, it was my grandmother's recipe, and my mom copied it down, and we always would use that. But uh, unfortunately, we lost the recipe, so now we just use recipes online with the same amount of eggs, I guess. 
relationship between the foods we love and the stories surrounding them are a crucial ingredient to instilling a passion for cooking in kids. When you have a story, it's much easier to learn a concept. I mean, we know this from math when you're learning to count. You know, there's songs, ABCs, there's a song, it's a story. Um, And the same thing goes for cooking. Each week at the Dynamite Shop culminates in a pop-up restaurant. The campers get to treat their parents to a meal they cook themselves. They also prepare food for residents of an assisted living facility in the neighborhood. So we spend Thursday prepping and remaking a lot of the dishes that they've learned how to make. And then they open a restaurant for their parents to sit down and enjoy a feast together. And it's beautiful. It's fantastic. They come up with the theme. They decorate. They come up with the the menu. And they really learn what it's like to put together a, a restaurant from soup to nuts. The skills kids learn by developing a hands-on relationship to food are undeniably valuable. There are few things more empowering than that first meal you cook from start to finish. I remember the huge sense of pride I felt when I cooked lunch at a friend's house during a play date. I was probably eight years old, the grown-ups were preoccupied, and we were hungry. Sure, that pot of ravioli might have boiled over, and I've definitely made better-tasting meals, but it didn't matter. It feels good to be able to cook for someone else, and for many young people, it's an economic necessity. The Dynamite Shops program is an enriching experience for students able to participate. A week of camp costs $650. But on a larger scale, everyone across the geographic and economic spectrum would benefit from access to culinary education. A shift in public school curriculum is a necessary next step to empowering the new generation of confident home cooks. Organizations like Seed Life Skills are filling in the gaps with the educational system by providing an open source culinary curriculum. It's available for anyone to download. You can check out episode nine of Meat and Three for more on the future of home ec. And to learn more about The Dynamite Shop, go to thedynamiteshop.com. That's it for this week's show. We'll be back next Friday with another snack-sized episode. Be the first to know when we post a new episode. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you're hearing, please recommend us to your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Get in touch if you have any feedback or story ideas. You can reach us anytime at ideas at meetand3.nyc. That's all spelled out. Meet and Three is produced by Liza Hamm, Kat Johnson, Katie Mosman-Wadler, and me, Hannah Forden. This episode was produced with help from Ariha Setovad. Our audio engineer is David Tadashore. Our theme music was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Meet and Three is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.